All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt and, and Jake here. We're coming to you doing another Torah talk with you. Yes. And today we're going to talk about Noah. This would be the second Torah portion. Yes. Week two, if you will. And so it's uh, a very weak two. Week by the way. two. <laughs> yes, not a strong two. <laughs> so uh, we like this Torah portion. Do you still think this looks like the French Alps? Uh. I don't know. No. I've never been there, but no. it's pretty sweet. It's a sweet picture. It does look like something bad is about to happen to the Ark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's going to make it. No, no. Maybe you know, Maybe this is right before it finds the dry land. I don't know. Sure. But, so anyway, we are going to look at the story of Noah in week two. So Noah, we see, was a righteous man. Is um, In the words of Miss Poole, he was a righteous dude. Righteous. If you know who Miss Poole was. Righteous man in his generation. That's right. right. And so we talked about that. You know, what does that mean? And so that's something to kick the tires on for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but he was asked to build a covering. And you go back to the wedding model. A man had to build a house for his bride. Yes. And uh, he did. He built a covering. Yep. A big... And he covered it with pitch. And that word there is atonement. Mm, very good. So... And Yahuwah Just, closes the door yes. and seals it with his atonement. Yes. Lots of things you could say there. And they go through a water ritual, a water baptism, if you will. Yes. A mikvah, a giant mikvah that yes. the whole world goes the under. The giantest of mikvahs. Yes, so there's no bigger one than this one. So if you look at the people on board with him, um, you've got Ham, which doesn't seem like a good name anyway if you're following all these things although ham is really just the way that the meat's prepared because you have turkey ham uh, and things like that but good. it's the seasoning and and the way the meat's prepared right. that makes sense so when you although look, we know what happens with ham so i mean yes it's bad don't eat ham <laughs> so when you look this up one of the things is it could mean hot or protective wall um and another, some other translations even show it could refer to skin color and that uh, it might be pigmentation of the skin, which is kind of interesting. And then Shem, um, it comes, we did a talk about that. I think it's gold on the ceiling. Gold on the ceiling. And um, the, the term Shem is connected to Shemini. Shemini, Shemini, something, something like that. Which is fame and glory, and what do you know? Here it is. So it's renowned, it's your essence. Um, and so Shem is the good one in this bunch, for sure. Shem is the one that the lineage of Yeshua comes through and um, is the one that is considered to have taught Abram or Abraham. So um, it's, you know, it, it makes sense. That that's what his name would mean. And then you have Japheth and uh, formless expansion, which seems to kind of fit creation and Noah, because this is kind of like another creation that happens. Yeah. And I think Japheth is kind of the person we know the least about. Yeah. Yeah. So he's very formless, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just yeah. threw that in there. That's good. That's good. And then you, you have in this Noah account that it never rained. Um, and that maybe they only eat plants up until the flood. So, I don't know. You know, what do you think? Uh, I think that's a common point that people make. I don't know that... See, uh, 
absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. So just because he doesn't say they could eat animals before, we know that what, that the plant's diet was a something from the garden. Uh, but as you may have known from the last portion we talked about, my view of it is that Torah was always. Uh, and so if the food laws were always, then... Right. Then, all right, so Galatians says the law came uh, because of transgression. Transgression happened in the garden, so then the law came. Um, so that's when I would think that food laws came because they're sacrificing animals. Um, a lot of the sacrifices for the priesthood involved eating them, right. too. Yeah. So, and some people make an argument that they ate plants up until the sin and up until those first sacrifices in the garden. I've heard that, too. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I tend to agree that the uh, law was there from the beginning. It wasn't a new thing. So, But definitely, you know, those are things that people have talked about before. Um, and then another thing that you might not notice, um, you know, we all have seen the nursery rhymes. You know, here's a bit of propaganda. Notice how many times when you see pictures and images of Noah's Ark, it's in, in songs and stories about the animals that came two by two. Yeah, I always, so my, my standard question is, hey Matt, how many of each animal did Moses take on the ark? It depends. Does it? Yes. Give me an answer. Some animals, there were... There were pairs, but it says there were seven pairs of clean animals. So, so you did not catch my trick there. I said, how many of each animal did Moses take on the ark? Oh, I didn't catch Moses. <laughs> yeah. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone will say two, mm -hmm. and then you give them the seven, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Once again, the Hebrew hammer strikes again. That's exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but... But, you know, the seven pairs, you know, a lot of people have missed that. A lot of people who draw these pictures and, you know, but, but it's another, another interesting moment. Noah is in, in some ways like Adam again because you have this moment where Adam names all the animals and you have to believe all the animals came to him. And, you know, uh, you know he did. I don't think he became a cowboy and rounded up every <laughs> animal in the world. Uh, I don't think that. I think they literally came to him and you know, lined up in a line. And he wasn't like, lassoing crickets? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that could be the title of a podcast. Or a shirt. So, Ooh, I better write that down. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but Noah does seem to have this moment where you, you envision all these animals just lining up and, you know, uh, being obedient. And, and not all animals were obedient. Which is yeah, not of, at this time. Which is kind yeah. of interesting, too, mm -hmm. to think about that. There were some animals that didn't want to go. Yeah. But. So, yeah. And the clean and unclean here. Mm -hmm. There's obviously that that was already in But place. Jake, that's before the law. No. You see, it is. That's the conundrum we find ourselves in. Yes, yes. And I think that makes a strong argument that the law was already in place. Because how does he even know what clean and unclean is? Because that doesn't happen until Moses. Unless what, he's what playing peekaboo with the commands. Yes. Well, Moses did write this. Yeah, that's true. So, but anyway, I do believe they knew. They knew a lot more sometimes than we give them credit for. Yeah. And then you've got the Genesis 6. And so if you've never researched that, you probably should check that out. You know, who are the Nephilim? 
Um, you know, in the King James, old King Jimmy calls them heroes of old. Uh, some people could even theorize that these were, were become mythology or what mythology is based on. I'm not saying that I believe mythology happened exactly like it said, but I do believe that's very possible that mythology could be based upon these legends that happened here. Yeah, men of renown. Now, I think the one of the translations of this is tyrants. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically people that were large and in charge. They weren't good. Yeah. No. Yeah, they didn't have no. any. And this is a kid and is an old traditional church that I was a part of. I was like, heroes. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. I like heroes. Yeah. And then I realized that, yeah, these, these oh, things wait. not a good thing. <laughs> He's about to flood all this. <laughs> yes, yes. Which it brings up hero worship of today and Ooh, superheroes. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you do have to think about, you know, is that okay to be all into the Avengers and these things? I mean, it is just a movie, but is it glorifying these same kind of things? Maybe. Right. Yeah, what's, what's the glory that it's pointing to? And first off, let's just face it. The logic of Avengers, especially the one, I'm going to offend some people here, where they're at the airport and they, like, destroy the place trying to save something i'm like how how did that help <laughs> you just destroyed billions of dollars uh, you know yes so. but <laughs> the bad guys were going to destroy trillions of dollars. oh okay yeah maybe so so anyway that's that's irrelevant so and you see this concept did all of creation go bad and i believe the text says that so i have to believe that the plants and the animals and the humans it was crazy Crazy. Crazy. So, and then it opens up things like genetic engineering. Was this what made it all go, go bad? And, and then I also think you have to go, were, were these advanced civilizations? I think, you know, you see the people talk about ancient aliens. And, and I believe there's some truth to what they're searching for, but it's not ancient aliens. It's probably these Nephilim ancient beings Nephilims. that taught people all of these crazy things. So... Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than uh, than aliens. Although they probably would have appeared as aliens sure. if to, we saw to the these people guys, of the day. Well, and if we if we saw them today, I think it would be very alien like. You know, yeah. we wouldn't know. Well, because how to uh, um, right the how's it go? The the angels came down mm. and uh, saw the beautiful women. And saw the beautiful women. They wanted to. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. like. Uh, alien invasion right and the, yes <laughs> abduction yeah and then paul refers to it later when he tells the women they should cover their hair and that's just, this is what he's referring to saying their beautiful hair attracted the angels and they looked down and were like whoa i like that yeah and they took what they wanted yeah and they says that you know there are other accounts you know it makes sense uh jack and the beanstalk the, the, the giant there is a cannibal you yeah. know uh, it clearly says he's looking for the blood of the Englishman. And so I believe that those stories have nuggets of truth in them going back to this, that those giants probably did eat humans and liked human flesh. And that's why you see so many people after this time into cannibalism. Because, you know, if you're so many times in human history, the people want to be like the ruling class. You know, it's like the people down in South America that tried to wrap their heads and cradled the head 
and get it to the shape of the deities that they were worshiping, which looked yeah. very alien-like, by the way. So, And I think that's where yeah. all this stuff comes from, that there is some truth to that, but it's not aliens. It is it is a demonic being. Yeah. So. Uh, Bigfoot, anyone? Bigfoot, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just throwing it out there. Yeah. And, and bottom line is, you know, for sure kick the tires on it, but also say... Be careful. You know, you don't want to camp out here and, and, and make all of your theology about this kind of stuff because I don't think that that's a, a good use of your time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So. The dinosaurs. T-Rex. Yeah. If that doesn't yeah. look like a genetic mutation yeah. with arms that are useless. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I've got to uh, make an adjustment here. Oh, okay. You might click on the next one. Okay. Ooh, yeah, so this is kind of the direction of where we see things go after they get off the boat. That's right, so, and I, my air conditioner kicked in, and so I think it's going to be loud in the mic. It's going to so drown, yeah. drown us out. So you do see Noah come plant a vineyard, which seems okay. It's like he plants a vineyard. First yeah. guy to plant a vineyard. Yes. Which so kind of makes so sense. So it says, yes. Mm-hmm. Noah gets drunk and naked. That escalated quickly <laughs> yes, <it did. laughs> right from the vineyard to being drunk and naked maybe, like. maybe he didn't realize oh this is what and that, yeah and that's what some people say you know that he didn't know uh that you know maybe this is when alcohol gets Noah. no did noah invent alcohol doesn't say he didn't and so no. you have this weird passage where ham sees him and gets cursed and you're like what what is going on and, and you have all these weird things That's and so pervy ham yes and so either ham had relations with his mother or he didn't do what was right and brought shame to his father instead of taking responsibility he just appears to make a joke of this and be making fun of his father making a mockery uh, and maybe he brings shame that way so i don't know there's just definitely yeah. some things to think about. I tend to think it was probably a weird sexual thing, unfortunately. Yeah, there's there's different theories about what this verse is actually pointing to Ham doing, and there's spiritual ways of looking at it. And well, read this one, Leviticus yes, 18. Yes, this is what I always come back to. Leviticus 18, The nakedness of thy father's wife shall you not uncover. So it's commanding you, don't uncover your father's nakedness. It is, or, yeah, it is thy father's nakedness. The uncovering of your father's wife. The nakedness of your father's wife. And this all refers to sexual relations. Yes. This is not literally seeing your dad naked. Right. Because, so, I mean... Although nobody recommends that. Yeah. Nobody, oh. I don't think... <laughs> although if you're a kid, you've probably stumbled into this sin <laughs> it might have happened. once or twice. <laughs> so, but, uh, but definitely, you know, something to take a look at and, and think about. So... Um, and you know you got to research it read it yourself and see what you think and so this is in the wrong place so this is abraham's journey oh yeah so that's why it didn't make sense that makes sense so we'll skip on over i'll skip on over that and so this is um a timeline and i've realized i have not recorded any of this um this is a timeline of um well, you got Seth here. Yeah. And it leads to Noah over in this area. Yeah. It shows you how the lives of all of these guys overlap and interact. And then the next one 
shows um, shows something similar, but shows yeah, so Noah and his father coming up to where Noah is. Mm-hmm. And it is very it is taught often that Shem taught Noah what he knew, and that's how he you know knew these things. And he's you know in the lineage, uh, directly bloodline. I, wait, we said Shem. Shem. Wait, yeah. that's not right. Shem's from Noah. That's right. Shem is from Noah. Shem teaches Abraham. Yeah. And so um, Noah definitely, you know, his life overlapped Methuselah, Seth. Um, and so all of those overlap. And so that is how Noah, you know, Noah was in proximity to these guys. And, right. And He's only the third genera- generation. So yeah. if Adam's walking with Yahweh, clearly he's telling Seth and mm-hmm. his kids how to do sacrifices we know of, yeah. and certainly other things. Mm-hmm. And then straight from Seth, you almost Seth and Noah almost overlap. So you're yeah. really it's really close to the beginning of time because of how old these people lived, and so it's not out of the realm to think that Noah had heard these stories from his family. Yeah. And once again, this this came from Adam's synchronological chart. Yes. And you can find this, and uh, it's a JPEG, and on a computer you can zoom in and get close using control minus and control plus. And um, it, it's worth taking a look at. There's a lot of information just looking at the timeline and seeing how their lives overlapped. And so often when you just read the text, you know... It, you kind of forget maybe you know some of this how overlapping their lives were yeah it's it can be confusing of well who's alive at the time of who yeah well whom which one's correct i don't know Um, and this shows you how you know methuselah dies right at the flood the black line is the deluge and so you know uh, methuselah we definitely, you know, does it say he was a righteous man? I don't know if it does, but we assume that he probably was um, because he dies before the flood. I think that's kind of a tale that tells you he, he probably was a good guy, but he was not as righteous as Noah, possibly, because uh, Noah's chosen. Methuselah, maybe he was just too old. Well, but, man, he's old. Yeah, yeah. he's real old. And um, so, but you know, there's some interesting things with that for sure. Um but uh, but to me, if Methuselah died in the flood, which it is believed that he died, you know, right before. Yeah. But if he would have died in the flood, to me, that would be judgment. Anyway. Right. And Lamech, too. So, I would agree. Um, but it kind of shows you, uh, you know, a little bit of the timeline and then what happens afterwards. And it shows you Nimrod quickly, you know, is not is coming out of the line of Ham, Egypt, Canaan, you know, so you can... You know, you see a lot of nation building that happens here. Yeah. And this is a zoom in after the after the flood. You got the Tower of Babel, and it shows you kind of the dispersion of the nations. And so something else to think about this is this is really the first dispersion. You know, we talk a lot about how the Jews, the Jewish people, were dispersed, and we we tend to believe you know we call them Hebrews or Israel. And uh, this is the first example of, you Scattering, know, yeah, you know. a group of people coming in, Noah, you know, his descendants coming into this, and then they're dispersed all over the world. And then we will shortly see Abraham get called out of this group. Yeah. It's definitely a cycle. And um, 
And so we believe we're in that cycle again where people are waking up to the Torah, waking up to truth, and being called out of Babylon once again, except this time it's different, where Abraham is just one guy. There's lots of us today. Yeah. And so this kind of shows you, you know, where the different nations come from and the people, the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth in different countries. And so it is believed that the from Shem, you get the, the Persians, Assyrians, you get Abraham, you get the Jews, the Lydian Syrians, and then Ham, you get the, the Babylonians, Babylonians, Egyptians, Libyans, Phoenicians. Which all the it sounds like the, all the bad guys. <laughs> it does kind of. <laughs> and then you got Japheth, who has uh, Germans, the Turks, the Huns, the Finns, the Medes, the Spaniards, Greeks, and the Romans. The and, Tartar sauce. Yeah, I'm not Muscovites sure. and the Thracians. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know some of these. But interesting. Uh, definitely a lot in in this and so uh we just uh once again we want to thank you for taking a minute to listen to our torah talk yeah and uh tune in for the rest of them as we go talking torah with sabbath lounge thank you for checking us out